1: The coronavirus continues to have a major impact on Las Vegas, and one of the hardest hit areas is the entertainment industry here. With the closing of arenas, showrooms, lounges, and supper clubs, Las Vegas entertainers have faced challenges to their livelihoods as well as to their art, and those challenges won't suddenly disappear once the self-quarantine is lifted. Here to talk about the issue is Grammy nominee singer, songwriter, and entertainer Clint Holmes, who is not only immersed in the Las Vegas community, but is a national musical resource as well. For everything about Clint Holmes, go to clintholmesmusic.com and you can follow him on Instagram at Clint Holmes LV and also on Facebook. And Clint, welcome back to the show.
0: Good to talk to you. It's been a while, hasn't it? It
1: has. So much has happened since then. I have age and you look the same. So it works out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, I wish that were true. Not, not the year-aging part, the other part. <laughs> just to, just to, to personalize <laughs> it a little bit, how are you doing during this? Wonderful self-quarantine.
0: Yeah, well, I think we're among the lucky ones in the sense that we actually enjoy being together. I keep thinking of people who are who who are miserable, you know, just in terms of of the physical part of being, you know, in, in, in locked, if you will, in in a situation that that's not enjoyable. We're we uh, we're finding new ways to enjoy each other. We're cooking every night, which, when you're an entertainer and you're uh, performing. You know that's kind of the last thing you do. Maybe maybe on a Sunday once in a while you'll you'll cook a meal, but generally speaking we we eat a, a late lunch somewhere and do our shows, come back and pick up something on the way home. Now mealtime has become you know 5:30 in the afternoon, six o'clock we start cooking and and uh, and and it's it's the big event. So that's that's really been fun. So you know there there are are, are some enjoyable parts to to what is obviously a, a horrible situation. Uh, in, in the real world. So we're, we're getting through it.
1: And when you say we, you don't mean you and me. You mean you and Kelly.
0: Well, I, no, I do mean you and me. Oh, okay. I
1: Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I love your Kelly? pancakes. Love your pancakes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, of course, Kelly and I and, and uh, our dog, who has received more looks Lux- and uh, and more cooked meals than, than than ever ever in her life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great that you maintain a sense of humor. I know that a lot of the entertainers in town, and obviously there are entertainers that come from all over the world to perform in Las Vegas. But there's a hardcore of what I would call Las Vegas-based entertainers—not just that they just perform in Las Vegas, but they live here and they perform to a large degree here. A lot of them are being affected, and there's ways that they're dealing with things as well, including. And we could talk a little bit about it during the show, about Facebook Live and some of their performances, just to kind of keep in touch and and not only keep in touch, but perform for their fans as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's frightening, honestly. I think that, okay, I'll speak for myself and, and, and Kelly, we're kind of keeping our head in the sand a little bit because there's not much we can do about it you know it's one thing we've all had the situation where some job we were looking forward to some engagement we were excited about got canceled or got moved or or we almost had and never happened and that's always frustrating but this is so different because everybody but everybody is in the same boat huge tours are being canceled you know i mean tours that have been on the books for years of of big groups going through europe gone for people like myself i had A very exciting uh, summer. I had a Carnegie Hall concert June 1st. I had uh, another, you know, I I split a lot of time between here and New York these days. uh, I had a brand new show that I was premiering at 54 Below, which is uh, right in the heart of the theater district in New York in July. I had a return to Atlantic City where I used to live years ago, uh, scheduled for, uh, also for June. All of that's gone, you know, all of that's gone as well as I had two Smith Center dates here gone and, and, and a bunch of other, other uh, lesser things, but just, you know, keeping the lights on gigs gone. Everything's gone. And um, I'm hoping, you know, at this point, you, you kind of, in the scary part, and you mentioned this in your intro, is that we don't know when the next thing is. It's, it's, it'd be one thing if, if somehow, well, everything from June to August is canceled, but September 1st, you get, you're going to get back to it. We don't know. September, October, November, December, we don't know. And that becomes, you know, even for those of us who can kind of get through a period of time without income, it's it still down the road starts to get a little bit dicey. So we're all in that. And, and, um, and as I say, there's not much we can do about it, except keep our creativity, keep our sense of humor, keep our creativity alive in whatever way that that works for us. And, uh, and, and plan for whenever the next, step out into
1: the world is it's a dual threat in that sense because we talked about it a moment ago you have the livelihood aspect of it which clearly is important but you also have what entertainers and artists live for which is their creativity and expressing their creativity yeah and and that has that has to be frustrating and you're in a slightly i would call a different category as a when I talked to Rabbi Axelrod last week, he made a very good point. He was quoting somebody else, which is, we're all in the same storm, but we're not necessarily all in the same boat. Oh, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and and in, your, and in your case, because you straddle a lot of different areas of entertainment, I don't know if straddle's the word, but you're multi-talented, so you're not limited to a particular venue or location as, say, other entertainers might be. So you have a little bit more flexibility once the self-quarantine ends to be able to do things. And I think that that part is the positive part. The negative part is there's so many entertainers that can't necessarily spread their wings and go into other venues or other types of entertainment. Well, but, you know, that that's twofold.
0: One of the things that I regret at a time like this and have regretted before in my life is that I didn't take it seriously when I was young and took piano lessons. I wish I played piano. I mean, I, I play piano in the sense that I write songs and I sit there and stumble through it until I, you know, I, I figure out how to play what I'm hearing in my my brain, right? But I don't sit and play piano like so many of my friends do. And a lot of the, the folks, my friends, who are doing these uh, weekly or daily, some of them are even doing daily concerts. It, it, it's it's great because they can sit there and play guitar or piano or accompany themselves. That's the point. Uh, and I can't do that. And and I think that that when we get back out into to the world, the guys and, and girls who can do that are going to have, a, have an advantage because it's going to be, I believe, it's going to be small venues and small situations that are easily controlled that come back before the big arenas and, and before the, the, the big things. So that's, that's, that's a negative that I face, um, a positive that I face. Is that I'm I'm I've written my my you know you know me a long time so you know I've been working in various forms on a musical, right. um a the- a theatrical piece and right. um I've really had time to hone it and figure it out and I think it's in the best shape that it can be and I had a conversation yesterday with a Broadway producer who said that that's an advantage because the, he thinks the first things that are going to come back theatrically are off Broadway. Smaller productions, as opposed to to these big productions that have to make a million dollars a night or they can't exist. You know, um, that the, the the theatrical products that come back uh, with a low overhead, if you will, are going to have a chance. And my piece is a one man show, so so there there are advantages and disadvantages. I, I think that for all the way around for all of us, you know.
1: No, absolutely correct. I want to point out too that you mentioned about. A lot of people doing weekly, sometimes daily performances, either mm-hmm. on YouTube or Facebook Live. And I'll just mention a couple of names. In fact, that from Las Vegas, Frankie Shinto, of course, is doing a regular uh, show. Right. Giada of Lente, Rita Lim, uh, Chadwick Johnson, etc. These are all performers that are based here in Las Vegas and are taken to either Facebook Live or YouTube or both to be able to connect with their audience, which I think is right. is a great way to utilize technology and and from an artistic standpoint that you're able to still communicate oh no no doubt about it and
0: they you know i tune into them to all of frankie's fun of me because you know the, <laughs> what you don't realize is that when you tune in they they can see that you tuned in so right so Frank will be sitting there playing and i'll, I'll he'll see that i'm watching and he'll say something and then I, I may have, I may have tuned in for 10 minutes before I start to cook dinner, you know, or before we eat. And of course, you know, he's going to go, all oh, right. Two, 10 minutes. That's all you got. You, you know, what are you doing? You can't watch me for more, you know, seconds. <laughs> but, but that's cranky, right. Right. Uh, but we, but we do check in uh, on our, on our friends. And it's, it's wonderful. To see. I did Giada show last week. Kelly's Kelly's doing a Giada show this week. And she, she's very good. She's, she's a good interviewer and she's charming and she sings great. And, so yeah, I, I and, and we listen to Rita and, and we and we, we check in on Chadwick everybody, and it's a nice way to, to kind of connect. Uh, what what I've done instead of instead of that is I, I've um decided to do uh, occasional productions, if you will. We, we you know, and Christian Tambor, my musical director, my pianist, lives in North Carolina, so we've done a couple where he'll, you know, we'll talk about what we want to do. He'll build a track, he'll send it to me, and then Kelly will video it, and she's become the Steven Spielberg of, of, <laughs> uh, uh, of uh, cameras. All right. <laughs> so, you know, so we, we've done two or three, and I'm getting ready to do another one, and Kelly is starting to do, Kelly and Lena Primo, who you know is Kelly's best friend, right. so you know Lena, right? Uh, literally started uh, two days ago doing a show called uh, Coffee Time with Lena and Kelly, and it's like a 15-minute slice of life, and, and it's, it's really fun, and they're going to keep doing that for a while. So everybody's got their, their own kind of approach to it. So I'm not doing the daily or weekly thing. I'm doing the occasional thing, but it is nice to keep in touch with everybody by getting to see them and hear them.
1: Well, uh, what's great, too, Clint, is that you're able to let people know when you come on, even if it's not regularly, by using social media to promote it. Right, right. Which, help, a, which helps, Which It's a different too.
0: world. And, right. Do you know Jim Caruso? Do you know who Jim Caruso yes, is? Yes, yes. Well, you know, Jim does uh, what, what Kelly does. Kelly does her Monday nights at the Bootlegger. She's done it forever and ever at the open mic. Jim does that at Birdland in New York forever and ever. So he started doing what he's called. It's called cast party. And what he does now is pajama cast party, which is the, the open mic thing, only he does it, you know, from his home on Monday nights. And he has this brilliant social media person, Ruby, who, who, who hooks it all in, well, he told me, he said, you know, I like doing it so much that I'm, I don't think I'll stop doing it even after we're through with this. I, I think it's a, not that he's not going to do the live anymore, but that it, it's become an addendum to what he does. So I think that's going to happen to a lot of people, that something that they start now out of necessity will become a part of their lives, a part of their careers.
1: Absolutely. In fact, so many people have learned to work with the technology, if not master it, that before had been hesitant to do that and felt no need to do that. And because of necessity being the mother invention, not only do they, as you say, do it now, but they may just incorporate it as part of their ongoing career. Right. Hey, we bought a ring light. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And I just got a new promotion. <laughs> uh, Kelly is now executive director of Zoom. So, uh, she is. yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you find that Because you are, I've always said this about you, so it's not kissing up, but your talent is so widespread and so, it appears to be effortless, which is really the true talent, is where you make your performances seem effortless. Do you find that the technology is too inhibiting for you to do something on a regular basis? In other words, you mentioned occasionally you'll do a production with your musical director, but or with the tapes that yeah. that he produced, but do you feel that it's still somewhat constraining because you are part of your talent is to be on stage and connecting with the audience?
0: No, absolutely. But you know, uh, so, uh, Frankie is a great example of that. You know, Frankie Schinze's main ability—I mean, he's very uh, obviously multi-talented—but his main ability is connection to the audience. You know, he comes out and he goes right after the audience and he gets them, and, and his, his show can be musically satisfying, but it's also very funny. But he's been able to transfer that to his Saturday night shows. Right. So, so it is possible. But yeah, um, I am not, and I, I, I'm thinking, actually I have a conversation later with the producer about doing some other things that I want to do, such as teaching. Because, you know, I do master classes, and, and, and uh, we're, we're, we may find a way to, to start doing them online um, as opposed to what I normally do, which is, you know, take 10, 10, 10 students, if you will, and, and work with them for a day. So, so there are ways, but I'm going to have to get more proficient uh, at the uh, technical aspects of it. Kelly is more proficient than I am, but she's still learning too.
1: Well, you could do the ten people for your master class, and Kelly, as I mentioned, as executive director of Zoom, can put them all up on the screen for you, and you there can communicate.
0: There you go. I am doing some. I'm doing some individual. I'm working with a couple of of uh, singers. Just my, my my my. If you what I have to offer, you know. I, um, some teachers teach vocal technique, which which I, I could teach, but I, I would I'm not really that's not what I uh, consider myself an expert at. Um, I'm an expert at it for me, but I'm not sure how well I would teach it. But but what I can teach is interpretation and and how how deeply, um, you know I, I say this all the time to students the difference between a singer and an artist is the, a singer sings the notes, an artist internalizes and interprets. Uh, uniquely a song and tells that story in their own way. So that's what I teach.
1: Well, let's take a break. And by the way, the one of the best proponents of that would have been Frank Sinatra because of how he interpreted songs and made absolutely. it made it oh, his no, own. no, no,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, let's take a break. My guest is Grammy nominee, singer, songwriter, and entertainer Clint Holmes. For everything about Clint Holmes, you can go to Clintholmesmusic.com, find out about the master classes as well. And you can follow him on Instagram at L V and, of course, on Facebook. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. Thank you for staying home from Nevada. As we continue to work together to prevent the spread of COVID-19, we must all do our part. Avoid non-essential travel and gatherings. Work from home. And remember, if you must go out, stay six feet from others and wash your hands often. If you're sick, you must stay home We all know someone we want to protect, mom, grandpa, or a family friend. There are many reasons to stay home for Nevada and stopping the spread of this virus is up to all of us. And I encourage Nevadans to stay up to date with reliable information by calling 211 or visiting the Nevada Health Response website at nvhealthresponse.nv.gov. Thank you to everyone for supporting your neighbors working together and staying home for Nevada. This message funded by a grant through the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Now let's get back to talk about Las Vegas with Ira.
1: Welcome back. I'm talking with Grammy nominee singer, songwriter, and entertainer Clint Holmes. We're talking about Las Vegas entertainers and the challenges to their livelihoods as well as to their art while Las Vegas remains closed because of the coronavirus. For everything about Clint Holmes, go to clintholmesmusic.com and you can follow him on Instagram at clintholmeslv and of course on Facebook. And how do you follow Kelly, Clint? So let's get a plug in for your wife.
0: How do I follow her?
1: No, how do not you? You follow her because you're her husband. But I meant how do people follow her on social media? You're, you're trying to get me in trouble here.
0: Nobody can follow Kelly. Um, how do how do I, well? I mean, she she does She's doing her Zoom stuff now. Her Lena and Kelly uh, coffee time show, which is on uh,
1: Facebook, right? Facebook. It, live? It's
0: on Facebook, and I think they're developing a YouTube channel right now. That that hopefully will will be starting in another week or so. Yeah, but we, we we are both very very Facebooky. Uh, a lot, uh, most of our stuff kind of goes starts on Facebook and, and spreads from there. So I would say the easiest way to follow up. Though. The other thing she's doing, you know, um, th- this is kind of interesting. Years, uh, she's been doing the Monday Night at the Bootlegger uh, production literally for fifteen years now. I mean, maybe it's amazing.
1: Years. Yeah, it's a and long time. There was
0: a period. Of, uh, it's Monday Night Open Mic. There was a period of time where she would do a skit or or some sort of poorly uh rehearsed but very funny sketch uh at the beginning on monday nights and boy she used to work so hard to put those together she would go out and buy costumes and put together costumes and write pieces and 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 stuff and and the, the part part of what was fun was that it wasn't so rehearsed that it, it, you know if things would fall apart the mustache would fall off or the or the you know the cue cards would fall down it, it was always very funny well now she's taken some of those pieces that were literally recorded by someone in the audience, generally, and, and put them up on Monday nights, and um, it, it's a lot of fun, so she, and, and she puts those up on Facebook, too, so she, she's, she's maintaining a nice presence out there, too.
1: Yeah, you have to just because of the challenges that we talked about. You, you can't, as an entertainer, it would seem to me, forgetting the artist part, just as an entertainer, you can't be disappearing from the right. consciousness right. of your audience.
0: Let me let me tell you the funniest funniest one we did. Sure. When, when this first started, when, when it was, you know, when none of us knew how long it was going to be or how deep and serious at the very beginning, it was kind of like, well, I guess we're going to do this for a while. You know, I, I asked my friend Bob Sachs, who's a bass player, to do a bass track on "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head." You know the song "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head," because I had done it with him in concert, just the bass and voice, and I, and so he he made a track for me. And I said, well, one of these days it's going to be raining, and I'm going to sing this song and post it. Well, during that time, I got a call from uh, Frank Wildhorn, who's, who's a buddy who wrote *Jekyll and Hyde* the musical. This is the moment, right? And, and he was doing a piece of one of his songs with about 60, uh, 60 vocalists throughout the world, and he asked me to be a part of that. So we, I learned the song, we set it up, we had it all ready to go, and, and as we were getting ready to, to do it in our home, I looked outside and the wind was blowing and there was a rainstorm coming in. So really quickly, we opened the balcony door, I went out there with a the newspaper and, and a cup of coffee, and Kelly found the thing, and we recorded raindrops keep falling on my head. and as we were recording it, it started to thunder, the wind blew the paper out of my hand, it started to rain and we, and, we, and we recorded. I mean literally it, it just like, "Oh, quick, it's raining, let's do this." And it got so much I mean thousands of views and thousands of comments, much more so than all the beautiful production. Things were good. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's just, you know, the timing of things.
1: Do uh, you that was fun. Th- that's a g- great segue to my something I've been thinking about for a while, which is, will entertainment change after we emerge from our houses? In this sense, Clint, because of the use of Facebook, Zoom, YouTube, etc., the quality, depending on who's doing it, the quality varies, let us say. And you see a lot of, even on a national level, some of the TV programs that are being done from hosts' homes. And because of the lack of great lighting or professional lighting, no makeup, uh, obviously there's issues with hair, and it's also the fact that the guests are not there with the host. Do you think, and, and the audio is not necessarily that great, so do you think that once we emerge from our cocoons, Will the quality of the presentation, not the talent, but the production, the quality of the production return, and do people care anymore since they now see entertainers and national celebrities as people because they don't have...
0: That's really a great great question, and I
1: I hadn't
0: really thought that through. However, for instance, uh, we watch... uh, I I, I tape all three of the uh, late-night shows so that, you know, because... I'm not going to sit there and watch them all the time but but if someone if someone has a guest on that I particularly want to see I'll, I'll boom let's watch let's watch Fallon tonight because he has sting on you know that kind of thing right so what what he Jimmy Fallon has done I, we find totally charming um, have you have you seen his show at all have you seen what he's doing at home I have not okay so first of all he does his monologue just he just reads the jokes there's no obviously no one laughing including him. But he he goes through them every night. Once in a while he'll have his two little daughters who are maybe I'm I'm guessing six and ten or something like that there. And but but it's clear that he hasn't programmed. They haven't said, No, you have to laugh here or you have to they just sit there. Sometimes they're not even listening, you know, they're picking their navel, you know. And and yet once in a while they'll look at him and and they'll just go, you know, and you go, Well, that's really slice of life. It it is charming and and funny. In its own way, and then he'll have his guests on remotely, obviously on Zoom, and you see them in their home. And then he'll have a, a usually one piece a night where somebody is singing, and that's usually pretty well produced, even though it's in their home. And I watch it, and I go, "Well, I'm enjoying this as much or more than I enjoy his regular show." You know? Uh, uh, Do you so think you it's go, be-
1: uh, Do you think it's because he humanizes the situation?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely why. You get us, you know, because you know Jimmy Jimmy Fallon is one who is so obviously incredibly talented. I mean, you know, I, I his talent seems kind of limitless. He he's really a good singer. He's really a good dancer. He's he could be very funny. He can be very charming. But I always thought the one flaw in his thing was that he, he was kind of over he overlapped, and he over loved everybody, right? Right. Um, and, that, and that I didn't know how much of that was who he really is. Well, you watch the
1: show and you find out that's really who he is. That's just who he is. Interesting.
0: You know, I mean, he, he, he laughs really hard. He's either the greatest actor who ever lived, or he's very genuine and which is going to make me love him more anyway. So my point being that you're right. We're seeing people in their natural habitat. And when you do that, you, you either see programmed it is or how real it is, you know, I think people will go back to doing what they do, but maybe with a, with a, a, a bit more uh, honesty, if you will.
1: Less production and more uh, humanity. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, more humanity. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that's, I just thought about that because you see people as humans more than as quote-unquote stars and as entertainment icons and you go oh okay it's just a person and they're just, exactly yeah i mean their talent will shine through if they're talented and you'll know as you said as a showbiz shtick if they're laughing too much versus if they're just themselves
0: or, if that's how they are
1: yeah if that's how they yeah, are then, exactly okay. right
0: exactly I, I won't think that anymore I, I i that's that's who he is and you see him laughing with his kids and And his wife, evidently, is like like Kelly, is the one who's filming everything, you know. And you'll hear her crack up over something, he says, and then you realize that that's a human thing between husband and wife, that, you know, maybe he... Like, I have things that I say all the time and Kelly rolls her eyes and goes, (laughs) ah. You know, and and it's real. It's real. We have those things. And you don't see that when it's produced and and it's it's written and it's there, you know.
1: But you always have had a unique combination of the talent and yet communicate on a human level on stage. So, yes, there's a show there, agreed, and it's show business, agreed, but there's also, I think, people see you as a person with talent rather than just as a performer.
0: Well, I hope so. I, I, I learned, I worked with some great, great, great comics, really in my career. Um, back in the day when Singers opened, um, I, I had a a residency, if you will. Uh, I, I didn't call it then, but that's what it was, in Atlantic City, where for about, I think, 10 or 12 weeks, they would book everyone from Don Rickles to Bob Newhart to, to Bill Cosby to Rodney Dangerfield to Milton Berle to Buddy Hackett to all of Joan Rivers, all of these comics. And I was the resident opening act for all of them. So, you know, I lived, I lived at the hotel for uh, whatever it was, 10, 12 weeks, And then the new comic would come in, the new yeah, the new headliner would come in, and I would open for them, and I would watch how the great comedians work, and the great comedians are the same off stage. It's only heightened. It's not different. Cosby would stand backstage. Just be—you'd be having a conversation about we're, we're going to go to the Italian restaurant for dinner, and then they go, please welcome Bill Cosby, and they walk out on stage and go. So I'm having dinner later on at the Italian restaurant. Blah, blah, and it was the same guy, and 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 Joan was the same way, and they were all the same way. So I, I learned that you don't have to fake fake being uh, um, a huge personality. Uh, to walk on stage and, and entertain a thousand people you, you just have to be yourself I, I, from weeks and weeks and weeks of working with these people and seeing that most of them were literally the same person on and off stage just slightly heightened I, I learned that
1: I like that term you use because that's perfect you heighten your presentation and your your personality but it's still you
0: yeah it's still, no
1: yeah. it's great well, before I let you go, what are your predictions for Las Vegas in terms of entertainment? In other words, will there still be a place, a major place for entertainment in Las Vegas once we all get back to quasi-normal situation?
0: Well, you know, I, I say so. Last night, I don't know which night we we watched Fallon with John Ham. I, I think it was actually from last week. But anyway, we watched it, and they talked about that. And John Ham said, "Here's the truth: the kids look at us for advice." none of us know what the hell is going to happen he said you know we don't know we don't know we we can all conjecture but we don't know We, we don't know here's my my i guess my hope is that whether it's in the next you know three to six months or after we have a vaccine which could be a year from now for god's sakes but whenever we start to feel a little bit comfortable living this way, for instance, the first time we walked into a, a supermarket, Kelly and I, you know, we had masks and, and, and gloves and and fear. Now we don't go as often. We, we try not to go out very often. But when we go out, we wear our masks. We have hand sanitizers in our pockets if if anything feels like even, you know, we a little bit. Uh, funky we we wash our hands and and immediately wash them so in other words we take great precautions and that's become so but we don't walk out with fear we walk out with with what we feel are logical precautions so when we come to the facts that people aren't fearful of going in to a nightclub or, or a theater then the next step is i'm not fearful but i want to make sure i have the right precautions whether that's a mask whether that's the testing that they'll do as you walk in the theater finding out if you have a temperature whatever those are i, I look back at i look back at before 9 11 who'd have thought that it we would actually come to a place where we expect to take our shoes and belts off uh, when we get on a flight you know we know we're going to go go through the, this stupid line and we're going to go through that it it, it 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 seemed someone had said that you'd be going you're nuts well no now it's become what we do so it, it, it will become what we do, whatever the precautions turn out to be. The question is how long that will take and, and how obstructing those, uh, those precautions are. So it's going to take time, but I think that we will get back to being the new normal is, is the phrase. But I, I just I, I, I would hope that we'll get back to being normal, uh, but we'll get back to being what we are. But before that, I hope that we will start taking – as soon as the fear element – goes away and it's been precaution i think that we'll be able to do things right now i think it's going to be fear walking into a room with 500 people sitting there if I, I have a, a, a booking later this year that was moved it was supposed to be uh, next month it's now moved to september and one of the things they asked me is can you do two shows instead of one because we're going to be separating the seating so if the room seats 500 we're only going to have 200 in it and so we'd like to do two shows so we can have You know 200 at each show so those kind of things are going to happen and and that's fine so i don't have a prediction but i think that's the way it's going to go we're going to be very precautionary but once we kind of understand what the precautions are just like going through the the stuff we go through at the airports then it'll become the way of the world and then hopefully ultimately it'll go away once we feel we have this thing under control i know it's a long-winded explanation but that's the best i can
1: No, it's a great explanation, and it's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Grammy nominee, singer, songwriter, and entertainer, Clint Holmes. For everything about Clint Holmes, go to clintholmesmusic.com, and you can follow him on Instagram at clintholmeslv, and, of course, on Facebook. And, Clint, thanks for being on the show again.
0: Ira, always great to talk to you, man.
1: Appreciate it. See you next time.
0: You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ivor David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world.